I'm Barry Ritholtz, and this is Survivorship Bias, Legos Edition. Study. Toys prove to be a better investment than gold, art, and financial securities, claimed HSE University. My response? Now do Beanie Babies. Yes, this is another edition of Survivorship Bias. This time we're going to look at Legos. Quote, forget about gold. Study says investing in Lego sets will earn you more money, unquote. Over the years, I've been pretty critical of the gold bug's blind faith in their favorite shiny yellow metal. I was an early adopter of gold ETF, that's GLD, when gold's spot price was about $400 and the Fed was first taking rates down towards zero in the early to mid-2000s. I subsequently sold at 1300 and 1700 but I've been mostly skeptical of gold as a core portfolio holding ever since. But I have to rise to the defense of gold in this comparison with Legos. It's an obvious case of survivorship bias. Nothing is easier than telling you what has already performed well. But since we don't have time machines, we don't get to invest that way. You can't go back to the 1980s and buy Apple and Microsoft or go to the 90s and buy Amazon or Domino's Pizza, stocks that have done incredibly well since then. The after-the-fact review tells us what has already done well, not what's going to do well. The trick in investing is the ability to do that before the asset runs up in price. Duh. This sort of thing is catnip to media outlets. I first came across the story in The Guardian, but it spread from there to places like Gizmodo and The Hill. Investing in Lego more lucrative than gold studies suggest. At least The Guardian was a bit circumspect. But where these two economists teach at HSE University, they were far less circumspect. Quote, toys proved to be better investment than gold. That, that sort of declarative statement is just wrong. Over X period of time, this particular toy has outperformed this particular asset, at least has the benefit of being accurate. Toys, there are millions of toys that proved terrible investments. Toys, like so many other things, including wine and automobiles and you name it, are depreciating assets. The fact that one of them happened to have done well doesn't say anything about the asset class, and it certainly isn't a way to base your future decisions. You know, that's the problem with this survivorship bias crew. This is a group whose tendency is to overemphasize big winners while simultaneously excluding big losers. In the investment world, this was first documented with active mutual fund companies. They love to tout the average returns for their family of funds. Somehow, those data tables omitted the funds that had closed primarily because of weak performance. Why does this matter? Vanguard and DFA, two shops that both admittedly make the bulk of their revenue from indexing, they found that on average, half of all active mutual funds close within 15 years. In other words, when you see these tables of how well fund families have done, they look oh so much better because you're backing out the long-term returns of the bottom half of all those funds. You're only seeing the survivors, not the poor performers. It's not just toys. We see this with collectible cars and art and wine, to say nothing of alternatives such as private equity, hedge funds, and venture capital. We all know the names of the giant winners, but somehow we fail to recall the thousands of these alternatives the thousands of cars and art and wine and any asset that might potentially go up 
in price, but unfortunately went down in flames. Thank you, HSE University, for telling us after the fact who won the race and doing so in a way that confuses investors with your innumeracy and bias. This is no way to run a university. For more from me, check out the big picture at Ritholtz.com.